Hey, you guys, thank you for watching and listening to the Alter Perform Show, the show about performing your best in business and life. Today I have Lena Green, who's speaking about embracing your inner hotness in life on our show, Alter Perform Show. Thanks for being on, Lena. I'm excited to be here. You guys have a very professionally run thing. It was easy to know where to be and when to show up. Wow. You know, that's taken a few episodes to get to that point. <laughs> that's good. That's yeah. good. Thank you very much. It's good to hear. Um, one of the things I always talk about is uh, wherever you're at and working your way up, and that's exactly what I've been doing for sure. Always proving and absolutely. Well, exactly. it was good. It was slick. Slick. So yeah. my first question I wanted to ask you, you said you – uh, I don't remember exactly, but you beat everyone in arm wrestling at the age of 12 in the Boy Scouts? Yes. Yes, that was my early distinction. My first prize was being the winner of the arm wrestling competition at the Boy Scouts. Mm. So not just the girls. No, I beat all the boys. And as I joke, that none of those boys ever asked me out. So if you beat a boy in an arm wrestling, you have to really decide, you know, where you want the relationship to go because that <laughs> ended it. So what? Uh, so what did you, uh, why was the, I'm, I'm guessing that's important, obviously. Well, How does that propel into your life and what you're doing now? You know, now I'm a makeup artist and a speaker and author. Mm-hmm. And so most women who are in the beauty industry are, you know, there's a certain stereotype of sequins and glitter. And I came from my dad being a truck driver. My brother is a carpenter. My brother's a machinist. My brother's an electrician. So very much from that world, and I was raised kind of to be a guy, mm. and it's funny that I'm here, but life does have those unexpected twists and turns, and there's lots of lessons that I learned from where I came from of hard work, dedication, doing your best, referencing what you were just saying, that wherever you are, perform at your best level there. Yeah. And so a lot of those lessons apply, but it's just kind of some funny fodder because, you know, like my early showers and in truck stops where dad didn't send us into the truck stop. He showered us off with a high-powered hose. You can't send your daughter in. Oh. And so we'd be all shaken off and, you know, trying to, uh, like, just like a dog. And, you know, it's just, you know, just some fun, good, juicy stuff that happened. So you, That's not everyone's experience. So do you always see it as fun? Or did you have, a, did you have like, uh, were you telling yourself negative things about it? Uh, well, when I was a kid, I mean, obviously my mindset is not what it is now. Mindsets don't naturally happen. We have to work at them. So, uh, you know, as a kid, it was, you know, having to set up mobile homes doing hard manual labor may not have been my favorite thing, mm. but I can see the life lessons in it now. And But it also, it wasn't like we had a choice. We got to pay $5 a day or food, and we picked the $5 once because we'd get hungry at the end of that day. Yeah. And, and it was just my life. You know, it's like kids growing up on a farm. It's just what you do. You just take care of the family business. I kind of am sad that as a parent that I don't have the, the manual labor aspect to show my children, mm. but they do get to see the work aspect, the consistency, the accountability, the, you know, you have to show up every day with a good attitude. I have that for them, but That's no good. manual labor in their life. That's good. Yeah, your daughter was just practicing the piano. Yes, in fact, when I told her we were going live, she's like, I don't, I, I'm done. And I'm like, so, she's like, dang it. Um, so, your book uh, is Embracing Your Inner Hotness, 
that's right. I just so happen to have a copy right here. Right, perfect. <laughs> oh, yeah. So tell us, uh, what is that about? So I'm very proud. It's a self-published book. It sold almost 10,000 copies between the audio, the Kindle, and the hard copy. A lot of those, of course, are sold through my speaking. And it really connects with people. It's my story about how I went from feeling, you know, Grandma used to tell me that I was ugly and that nobody would love me. And, you know, it wasn't because she didn't actually like me as a person. It was just helping her perspective became she wanted to be my perspective. And I think we all have people in our lives that tell us this is what you're capable of. And they may or not always be correct. And in the case of my grandmother, nobody was bribed to marry me. But I had this thinking that I was limited and you know not capable and rejected. And the different hard life experiences happened that reinforced that view that I was not of value. And yet my life turns out this way because of different stories that I tell throughout the book of how I became the person I am. My TEDx talk you have up behind you uh, encapsulates some of those stories. But that's what I speak about is how I became what I all the rocks of hotness, what different things to put in your life to help you have an amazing, hot, vibrant life. So it's a play of being a makeup artist, being in the beauty industry, mm -hmm. but really it's about your mindset, how you look at your life, how you start your day to create the life that you want. Because again, life doesn't just, life just happens, but you're not going to create the life you want by accident. Mm. The rocks of hotness. I like that. So, hotness, yes. so what are the rocks? How do you describe them in your book? So the analogy of hotness, there's two kinds of heat that we all put out. The kind of heat that burns like a wildfire out of control. It may get a lot of attention, but it's out of control. Mm -hmm. And in contrast to a campfire, a campfire per molecule may not get the attention, but it's hotter than a wildfire. And, of course, we gather around campfires to feel of the, the warmth and the stories and the s'mores, which involve chocolate, which for women – very important to have chocolate. Mm -hmm. So there's chocolate is good for all of us. Chocolate's good yeah. for all of us. But they've actually done studies that we women need it at a certain time that happens monthly. We need those little What time is that? It's like medical. It's medical. It's like a drug for us. Right. So it's a real thing. Um, so there's you know the campfire has the rocks around it. So the different characters are rocks of you know, rocks of hotness that you need to implement into your life that involve mindset and integrity and kindness and reaching out and service. So, yeah, it's wow. fun. That's great. And I get around being called hot. I mean, what woman wouldn't want that? <laughs> yeah, you're known as the, the queen of hotness, huh? Yeah. Well, and also, you know, I am a normal woman. I have <laughs> my, my bumps and bruises. I am not a supermodel. I've never been a beauty queen. I've done the makeup for a lot of beauty queens, but, you know, I'm just a normal woman. And I give women who look at themselves and see a normal woman to see themselves as amazing. That I am my own particular brand of hotness, and every one of us is our own particular brand of beauty and talent and skills. Hmm. So what, how do you incorporate that in your speaking when you, when you do, a, do a keynote speech? So that's why I speak. I, I come as hotness, and... I give the meeting planner the different 21 different topics so they can choose underneath that umbrella of hotness so they mm. can choose what points and what stories that they want to get across. Mm. So if it's from grief to customer service, but it's all kind of in how we approach each other and approach life is my umbrella. That's amazing. So I'm not the, 
the one that's going to come in and, you know, teach on, uh, you know, uh, I don't know, mathy things or whatever. But it's how we connect with each other and ourselves. So when you, so I watched uh, the beginning of your uh, TED Talk, which I can't play. I wish I could play a little clip of it. You come out. It's on YouTube. You come out in a costume. What's behind that costume? Because I didn't get past, I didn't get past <laughs> it. I don't know if you unravel it or what are you saying? Yeah, I just the whole entire time. So I have a bathrobe and curlers on, mm-hmm. and it's just one of my my little shticks of how we start our day, how we start everything. And most of us start it. We're like, ah, so hard starting today. I have to guess I have to get dressed and get ready. So we're starting our day with this attitude that's already self-defeatist. We put our makeup on, we put our clothes on to go and impress other people instead of doing that for ourselves. Mm. And my my call to action in that little speech is that you start your day, that this becomes a symbol of the mental and the emotional work you've done to prepare yourself for that day. So it's not accidentally like, oh, I didn't even know today started. It's starting your day with intention and purpose mm. and building that on top of each other. And I have different stories that, that build that point. Uh, you have to be intentional about what you want in your life. And that's said a lot. So I just say it, and why do we need one more you know, speaker that speaks upon that? Every speaker really speaks upon mindset. But I'm presenting it in my own unique fashion of humor and fun. And you know, think about this. And I also have a pretty... Uh, uh, shocking story that people don't expect so i'll just give it to you adam so my husband was hit by a bus then 11 months later he had a massive heart attack died came back to life that i was in a wheelchair and then our youngest daughter died and people were always shocked Mm. at those events of course but also shocked that we were happy so i always tell people that's not the story the story is not these events but how we responded to them shows the skills that we had developed uh, towards our mindset that was before I ever intended to be a speaker. Those things kind of propelled me, but I did not want to brand myself or necessarily always talk about grief and hardship and bad things. Sure. There's so much more than the events that happened to us. And so I love that I can go and speak to the youth, and I do not need to talk about my daughter that passed away. But if I'm speaking to a grief group, obviously they really enjoy hearing about that. I'm mm-hmm. also... I'm a victim of having been sexually molested as a child, and I'm writing a book on that currently. But that, again, is not just the only thing about me. There's so much more. Sure. I want sure. people to know that you can be happy and amazing, but you're going to have to work on yourself. Well, so is your your second book, is it uh, fun and happy? I mean, do you, do you put a spin on it, or is it uh, I grief? I mean, I'm not, I, yeah, I'm not trying to big light of the, the situation, right? But Yeah, so I, I think that it will be as fun and happy as that topic can be. I actually had no intention of putting that out there in the world, but that's something that happened. Mm-hmm. Because I don't see myself as a victim, that's just simply what we call it, and I also don't see myself as a survivor, because I feel like a survivor is someone that's like, I'm hungry, I'm thirsty, ah. I, this is something that is so far back here in the past of my life that it's not in my day-to-day living anymore. I have the wisdom and empathy and kindness that come from it mm-hmm. that actually enrich my life in a lot of ways. And I want to put that out there as an example to those who've experienced that as well, that there's something better than anger as an end destination because it looks like 
this happens, and then you're going to be anger, man-hating, or woman-hating, whatever the case may be, but there's so much more than that. That's an event. We can't let one thing wreck our lives. Sure, we can. People can, but why, why give... Why would I give the person that abused me that much power over my life? They already took those years. Why would I give them more? And that's not out of vindictiveness. It's just a simple question. Why would I give someone who did not value me, did not care about me, and was selfish that much power to control the rest of my life? Why would I do that? So I actually come out with it because of the Me Too movement and seeing the anger that our society has had that is not a destination. So I invite people to come join me in Happy Town. So it'll be fun as you can on the topic, but probably not as much fun as my first book, How to Break Your Grotta. Yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> but did that? Uh, I, I'm assuming that experience came from uh, that experience helped you write your first book. Yeah, I I referenced that in one paragraph. But again, it wasn't intentional that I was going to do that, but it was something that I made a post on Facebook and within 12 hours I had a book deal. So I felt that it was right and it was good and that that was something worth really speaking up about that we need to provide to those who have experienced that. You know, it's it's like um, any hard thing that happens, when it happens to you, you're looking around going, okay, what's the end result of this? What you need? We need examples. We need hope. Hope is the highest resonant emotion that we can have, and shame being the lowest. And if you've gone through something that's such a shameful experience, you need the opposite. And the opposite is out there. You can live a full and great life. So that's why I'm speaking up about it. Not because I, that's my only thing, that's not the most important thing about me. My attitude is the most important thing about me. What I choose to do every day, that's the most important thing about me. Who I prioritize. And I don't prioritize uh, trespassers and abusers. Mm-hmm. That, that's my nutshell on that <laughs> yeah I don't know what to say about that uh, but, but that's great I mean I, the only thing I can relate to is I remember my mom dragging me by my hair so she could find her slippers so she could beat me better with them right because I got a C on my report card now for me I didn't do any better on my I did, started doing worse on my uh, education but it's also taught me like I mean, for me, it's my mother, so it's like, for me, it's like, well, that happened, and now you need my help because you're sick, right? And she just went to the right. hospital uh, uh, last Friday for her sugar, and her sugar levels were high, and I took care of her, and I hold her down so they could draw blood because she was having a panic attack. But, uh, you know, I mean, I guess in the way what you're saying is that that happened and I could choose it to dictate my rest of my life. I would treat her or people or I could be who I want to be. Well, in my book, How to Bridge Her Hotness, I talk about how my grandmother's perception of reality, that a girl that has big bones and brown hair and what she described as an awkward personality because I talk and I wasn't very demure, that she had a very narrow category of what could happen. Now, your mother probably only had a certain skill set of how to deal with a disappointment in her <laughs> child, so she yeah. accessed shame, probably because she had been shamed. And mm-hmm. we tend to, if that's the, I had this great analogy that I shared called the deck of cards. We all have a hand of cards that are given in life, yeah. right? 
And, you know, just like we're playing Uno or poker or whatever analogy you're comfortable with, we're given our hands. And you don't get to choose what's in that hand. But following the game of life, mm -hmm. during the, you know, the rules, we have to systematically replace those cards to get a winning hand. Mm -hmm. And you can't just say, oh, I'm not going to play and throw your cards down because life will force you to play. Your turn will come. Mm -hmm. You will have to pick up your hand. And so you have to systematically say, okay, so you, are you, are you a parent, Adam? No. no. Okay, so... Obviously, when you become a parent, you may not want to think, oh, C-plus, kid gets C-plus feet with slipper as oh, a, a, Yeah, you know, good, sturdy slipper, right? You know, you might, you might want to look at a different skill set. Yeah. So as you look around in your life, you're going to note, oh, they didn't beat their child. Hmm. Maybe I should go talk to them about their parenting strategies and the why and the how behind what they're doing that I can systematically replace that shame card. Mm -hmm. But we have to get very fine-tuned about what it is that we want to change. Otherwise, we fall back into those patterns that I call the language of dysfunction, that we speak it fluently because we were raised in it. But uh, people learn different languages all the time. Mm -hmm. And I don't think there's any greater success that I am more proud of than my little people that are in the other room trying to be quiet while I do this mm. and who they're becoming. That is the best. That's great. You, uh, how many little people do you have? I have three little people. My youngest passed away, so I have two that I'm still taking care of. I'm 15 and almost 13, boy and a girl. And my son is six foot and he's 15. It's very alarming. And my daughter, who's almost 13, is not at all interested in boys, and that's just about as perfect as you can get. <laughs> she's not boy crazy, and I'm hoping that sticks. <laughs> yeah. uh, she's 13? She's turning 13 in this month, and if I say 12, we could get a child bursting in here going, I'm almost 13. So <laughs> it's, so funny. Yeah. it's so funny how we are when you're younger. You're, like, going for the age, but then as you get older, you're like, it's okay, you we can stop. We can stop right I like, here. I like aging because at a certain point in my life, I embrace this happy person. Mm. And people have an assumption about happy people that nothing bad's ever happened to us. That's why we're still happy. Ooh. And I love that I'm getting a little bit older. People assume that maybe I've had some life experiences. And I've always just kind of laughed at that because I've had some pretty hard life experiences. But I am thankful for them because they've made me me. Mm. I am Every hard thing we go through helps us develop our empathy. And that's how we connect in meaningful ways with other people. So those are all good experiences if you look at them from the bird's eye view, the bird's eye perspective, that they can teach you something. And no matter if you caused it or somebody else caused it, there's still a lesson in there. Mm -hmm. And instead of just accessing shame and blame, let's figure out what we can learn. Yeah, there's always a lesson if you pay attention, I feel like. Absolutely, and that's how to live a, a hot life. Yeah. <laughs> I had a guest. Uh, I had a guest cancel uh, being on the show, and I was thinking about canceling someone I didn't want on the show. And at that moment, I realized, oh, I've never really got along with that one person, but I don't want to. I want to cancel the other show because I I don't get along with that person, right? And it made me think, like, I don't, I'm not saying I don't like you. 
course. I, I, I want to take you. Yeah, it doesn't matter who I have on the show. I don't have to be. Uh, it doesn't matter, right? I don't have yeah. to like or not like someone being on the show. But uh, that just adding to that conversation. I, I think that if you talk to anyone long enough, you'll find something you respect about most people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I always tell my kids, don't pick your friends because they believe just like you or just the same as you. Pick your friends among people who they what they are is what they are, and they live up to that. So if you know that they have their people of integrity and character. So it doesn't matter if their lifestyle is the same. It matters if they say they're going to do it and they do it. That's going to be a person of a character and integrity. It's going to go places in life. But it's a person who's always like, well, they made me, and it's their fault. Um, I, I I give you permission to cut those people out too. So. <laughs> so yeah. you. You said that you imagine doing a makeover till I'm so old and shaky that women say, um, I'll apply that myself. Yeah. What, is that, what does that look like for you? What does that mean? I, um, like behind me is my little makeup studio in my office. Yeah, okay. um, but I, I love being, there are not so many things in the world other than being like a dentist and, you know, these kinds of things that were right in someone's face. Mm. You're right there in their face. And you get past that little personal space bubble, and you really are, it's kind of a vulnerable, amazing thing to be that close to someone else. And I love the one-on-one connection. One, I'm giving them a useful skill when I teach them how to put their makeup on. Uh, You know, my specialty is, you know, the maturing face, how to make them look better and, you know, enhance them. And makeup's kind of a silly thing, but we got to do it, right? Well, we women do, and some select men, right? But we have to kind of know these things. And so I love just here are the rules, making it really simple, here for your face, and you're done, and you're good. But that's an instrument that I'm using to do what I really love, and that's connecting with individuals one-on-one. And people always ask me, well, how do you become such a personable speaker? Because when I speak, I'm kind of like how I am in person, and I'm relatable, and people like me. And they feel like they're my friend, and they're like, how are you so good at that? And I'm like, because I am the friend of people. I really do love people. And if you can't be good with the one, you can't be good with a whole big group. Mm-hmm. It's a skill set going mm-hmm. from connecting with people on a one-on-one basis. And, you know, spiritually, Christ ministered to the one. And I love that whole thing that we as individually, if you want to call it ministering or connection or residence, whatever, that we have the opportunity every time we're with someone else to connect with them in a meaningful way. Mm-hmm. No. That's great. It's one of the reasons why I do the show. <laughs> really, is that we didn't talk about the other part of it is the value, the value it gives people, right? Um, I've done maybe 800, 900 selfie, motivational, health, insight videos, and this was kind of an expansion of that. Um, I didn't expect it to take such a life of its own. Like I said, it's like it's a project, right? To do a show. No matter what. Whenever you go, oh, I think I'll do this for my business. And remember, that's a project. It's going to be, right? <laughs> and you got you to be committed to it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly, which I have been. And it's been great. I love the what comes out of it. Um, and, you know, there's the 80% that you should love, the 20% that you have to do, mm-hmm. because you just have to do admin stuff. Like, I have to reply to my emails, even though it may not get me really excited. Yeah, yeah. But, should live in our passion. We should live what we're excited about. And we also just look and make sure we're making money. And that's okay too. 
Yeah, yeah, for sure. For yeah. sure. Even if you live in a cabin somewhere, you still need money. Yeah, we still have oh. to be contributing members of society, and they mm-hmm. still want bills. Unless you live in a cabin, then I guess you're off the grid. Yeah, but you had to get off the grid, right? Yeah, you had to get off the grid somehow. So that's a whole other podcast. Yeah, it is. So um, what are some of the key things people can do now to embrace their inner hotness? Well, first of all, to not live in if-then thinking. So if this happens, then. If this happens, then. One of the gifts, since I've already mentioned it, of losing a child, and I say that with, you know, is that I know there'll never be a perfect time in my life that will always hurt that I have lost that child. It will always hurt. But that does not mean, you know, so the if-then thinking is, if I do this, then I'll be happy. If I do this, then I'll be successful. That we have the opportunity every single day and every single moment to choose the emotion that we want to feed. Mm-hmm. And I say that because feelings don't usually come uh to help us. They, there we have feelings that are all over the map. Mm-hmm. But which ones are we going to feed? Which ones are we going to focus on? Which ones are we going to work on growing? Or are we just, you know, little bouncy balls going around in life trying to figure things out? So that's my first challenge is don't be like, oh, well, once I make this much money, then I'll be happy. Oh, once I'm dating this person, then I'll be successful, you know, whatever. Now, this moment, right now, give yourself permission to live your life the way that you would want to live it, by how you treat other people. By how you treat yourself, be nice to you. Mm-hmm. And anything you put in you is going to come out. It's going to come out in how you treat others. Great. And yeah, sorry, I just get talking. Oh, no, no, <laughs> I want. I, you're on the show to talk. Please talk. <laughs> um, that also, you know, in this if that thinking that we get in this concept of about we have to take care of ourselves. But the number one way that every single philosophy, every self-help group, every religion will tell you is to go and serve, to go do things for other people. And if you're feeling sad or depressed, if you have anxiety, you know what? Who doesn't? Everybody has something that makes them sad. Everybody does. If it's chemical or situational, the solution is the same. We have to get outside of ourselves and we have to go and help others. And if we do that enough, it will become a habit. It becomes a habit. It will become a way of living. And when it becomes a way of life, that's just when you are a happy person by habit. Mm-hmm. So Great. start your attitude, how you start the day. And I always tell people to, to get get dressed and ready. Because, of course, as a makeup artist, get dressed and ready with an attitude of giving and love and taking care of yourself. Don't talk about, oh, I'm fat, I'm wrinkled, I'm ugly, I look bad. Those are all shame emotions that do not need to be fed. Focus on what your contribution is going to be in that day. You know, what skills you're going to be enhancing. And I always envision the people that I'm going to be connecting with that day. And I see their face and I'm like, I'm going to be awesome. Mm. And giving my family my very best. That's great. Do you ever get uh, sad? Of course. Only people that don't get sad are people that are on drugs, and then they're sad when they lose drugs. But they're really happy when they have the drugs. Yeah. I have every single emotion that anyone else would have. Mm-hmm. I just don't feed those emotions. I don't sit there and chew on them and savor them and think about how I ask every thought that comes into my head, every emotion, is this serving me? Mm-hmm. And because, like I said, I buried a child, there are times that I have to just sit with that. Yeah. And I have, and I, that serves me to sit with that, but I do not stay there. One of the best things I ever did 
after my daughter died was get up and go forward. Mm. And it took four years where getting up became a, before I felt like it was a habit. Mm. I would check in every, every year on her birthday and I was like, okay, I finally got this. Mm. Four years. Hard, hard work. But my children will describe that time as a happy time. Good. And it's not worth, their sister's death is not worth ruining their life sure. over it and their memories. And you know, I mean, I'm assuming your mom didn't just get upset about um, C plus grades, that the impacts that our parents have upon us, it's worth doing the work on ourselves so that we can go and give the best to those we love. And my children will do better than I have. Mm. And that's the goal. Yeah, I never thought about that, actually. What else well, I'm glad I triggered people well, yeah, there. <laughs> my, my, mom had a, my mom had a mental illness, so I always attribute to that, but never thought about what attached, what attachment she had to the, to the grade. Yeah. yeah, well, and, and within all of us is anxiety and depression and mental illness and sadness and anger and hurt. Mm-hmm. But just because those, those preconditions are there and... Um, depression is rampant in my family. Eating disorders are rampant in my mom's side of the family. It's like the way of life, being negative, uh, being critical. But i that was the language I was taught. I get to learn a different language. Hmm. I get to study a different language. And I have studied a different language, taking the best from my native language, from my native tongue, you know, to use our analogy. There are wonderful things that my mom improved upon her mom. And I'm sure there are things that my grandmother improved upon her mother, but I get a look at all of those things and say, okay, what honors me? What serves me? What is a part of my life that I want now? I do not want to give my kids certain experiences, and I want to give them some of the same experiences that I received. And even if it's not about being a parent, it's just about the way I want to live my life, just for me. If I was all alone in our cabin somewhere that we're talking about, you can't run away from you. You go with Everywhere you go, and I tried that. I ran away to Alaska as a 20-year-old, 19-year-old, and the problem is I wasn't far enough. I came with me. No. And I had to work on me in order to have anywhere I go now is a great place. Mm. Because I have figured out how to work with Lita, and I like Lita, and all of those hard experiences have helped me refine how I approach each moment, how I approach each day. Yeah. Well, that's great. Thank you so much for being on the show. It goes by fast, right? Sometimes it goes by fast. It does, and I have so much more I could say, but I guess that's what happens when you get authors and speakers. They can just keep talking. They can talk, right? They get paid for it, right? (laughs) Yeah, Um, but this is great. This is just fun. (laughs) You had a, what was it? You said it very cute. You said you had, ah, then it was it. Something about a, a special secret code? A special secret code. Well, you were asking me what was going to be the, yeah. the giveaway. Yeah, yeah, services and products, Ultra Life as a super secret oh, Okay, Ultra Life as a super secret code. So they so call you. What did I say that I would give? Uh, a discount for services uh, and products if they use the Ultra Life super secret code. <laughs> Yes, because you guys are like, you can make a landing page. I don't, 
I don't really do landing pages, right? So if, if someone contacts whoa, me, whoa, sorry, it's not my genius. I stay in my genius. Yeah, yeah, good. So um, they, if somebody would like to get a discount on my book or my makeup products that I do or attend some of my workshops, mm-hmm. just want to reach out to me, I'll give a 10% discount off of any of those things. Just have to use the super secret code and say the ultra life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just yeah. I'm old school. You gotta call me or email me or something like that. Facebook message me. Yeah. Well, that's not old school. That's kind of old school now. Huh? I guess it is because I Snapchat. like connection. Yeah, yeah. I like connecting with people and talking to them. Great. Well, thank you so much for being on the show, and thank you for what you're doing with people, and good luck with your next book. Well, thank you so much. Yeah. Thank you for uh, handling the blows I gave you there. Oh, no problem. Do you have a uh, name for it yet, or you don't have a name for that one yet? I do. It's called Love Me Too. Love Me Too. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. And uh, your current book is? Embrace. How to Embrace Your Hotness, and they can get it on my website. And if they want to get a discount, then, you know, message me. Lita, if you know how to spell my name, you can find me. I'm Having a unique name makes it be pretty easy to find. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, what uh, they can spell it because people can't spell my last name. I just say go to the Ultra Perform show on iTunes. That's how okay. you find me. Um, but uh, I was going to ask you the show products. Um, where can they buy it? Just on, what's your website? So my yeah. website is LitaGreen.com. Oh, so L E T A Green, like color with the end.com. Great. Okay. Well, you can reach her for a discount. She'll hook you up. Thank you so much for being on, and thank you for watching and listening to the Ultra Perform Show, the show for performing your best in business and life. Watch us weekdays at 5 o'clock. See you later. See ya. Thank you. Okay, bye. Thanks, Adam. Bye.